We're back. This is the 288 Football Podcast, recapping week four of the NFL season. My name is Anthony. Sitting right across from me via Zoom, as always, is my pal DeQuincy. Yo, uh, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, no, not great. I mean, <laughs> let's be real. I mean, not a whole lot of good to talk about. So, uh, you know. But outside of football, I'm good. Yeah. I'm glad to hear it. Um, our listeners, thanks for downloading. Um, you can listen to us anywhere. Podcasts are given away for free. Um, and give us a review. Five stars would be nice. And um, that's it. Let's just get to this game, man. I don't even want to be nice in the intro. This this was an embarrassing embarrassment, a beat them down, um, a shellacking. Just terrible in there, all kinds of way. And I'm, of course, talking about the Houston Texans going up to Buffalo and getting just outright beaten in every sense of the word by the Buffalo Bills, 40 to 0. 40 to 0. The worst loss in franchise history. I mean, man, I I don't even know where to begin. It's like, (laughs) Let's start with the question I seem to ask you every time we do this podcast. Did you watch the game? So I saw the first half. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, something came up, had to leave at halftime. But I was encouraged. I got to be honest. Somewhat. I was encouraged by the defense because at halftime, the score was 16 to nothing. Oh, and yes. Yeah, 16 to nothing. Yeah, that's right a very manageable game, technically a winnable game, you know, a two-score game, essentially. And what was so encouraging was that the defense held Buffalo to to three field goals in the red zone in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Three field goals in the red zone. When well, I'm sorry, when Buffalo had the ball. Yeah, when they had the ball in the red zone. I mean – what more can the defense do? And then God knows what happened in the second half. What All happened? I know is that the, the, the offense is non-existent. Yeah, in the second half, I tell you what happened. The fourth quarter, the defense just fell apart. They were tired of being on, on the field for so long because the offense couldn't they couldn't conduct any kind of drives at all. I knew it was going to be a bad game when – the Texans. David, Davis Mills was your starting quarterback. <laughs> well, that didn't help. But no, it was um, the uh, first quarter after the Texans intercepted Josh Allen and they had the ball on the, what was it, the Buffalo 13? Yeah, they had the ball on the 13 and went for it on fourth down and could not get it in the end zone. That's what I knew that things were going to go down and they were going to go down fast. Look, 
we talked about this last week. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with going for it on fourth down, even if you should take the field no, goal. No, I don't have a problem with that. The problem is you're inside the opponent's 13, and you have four opportunities to not just score, but you're at the 13. You can't even get a first down. Mm-hmm. And once it happened, like I, I knew it was going to be a failure for the rest of the game, and that's exactly what happened. I t- even tweeted that the only way that the Texans were going to score is if they scored off a Josh Allen pick six. Right. And since that didn't happen, they did not score. No. They couldn't run the ball. Uh, Mills threw for four interceptions. I mean, this offense was just non-existent in every sense of the word. Mm. 11 of 21 for 87 yards passing. I mean, a microscopic QBR, a barely there quarterback rating. I mean, there was a point a, where a, his quarterback rate was a zero. A pass, yeah, his pass rating was zero. He finished the game with a passer rating of 23.4. Mm-hmm. Woo! <laughs> Just. Man, and it it's wasn't just all amazing. his fault. It wasn't all his fault. His offensive line the entire time was garbage, just complete garbage. And the running backs, once again, no help at all. Mark Ingram mm-hmm. six for twenty four. David Johnson five for twenty one. Phil Lindsay, like I don't mean to talk bad about other people's job, but I'm shocked that he's still on the roster right now. <laughs> he went four, four carries for negative one yards. And like I said, Davis yeah. Mills threw four interceptions. Um, Jordan Aikens fumbled the ball that was recovered by the um, Buffalo Bills. And Mills also fumbled, but Lucky was able to recover himself. It was just, it was hot garbage from that turnover on downs in the first quarter. From there until the end of the game, it was just Buffalo Bills just ramming the Texans into a wall. Mm-hmm. It was embarrassing. Completely. I mean, kudos for the Buffalo Bills. They did what you're supposed to do when you're a great team. You take care of business against crappy teams that come into your building. But it felt like the Texans just didn't even want to be there. Yeah, I mean, I I just I don't think I've ever seen a box score this this abysmal. For any Texans team. It's like the Bills are playing against the scout team. That's how bad it was. And then mm-hmm. after the game, you have um, the coach come, uh, what's his name? Cully coming out and say, well, it was my job to get the guys prepared and we weren't prepared. I'm like, what the fuck were you doing? You guys had a Thursday night game last week, correct? So I mean, okay. you had 10 days to get prepared for this game against one of the best teams in the AFC, one of the best teams in the NFL. And you just come out and shit on the 50-yard line for 60 minutes. <laughs> what was he? What was he at that uh that Ohio State bar as well? Oh, we're gonna get to that. But I, I what the hell was the game plan for for this team? I don't it's just so disheartening i mean you you see the defense out there doing everything they can they're holding 
like you said, they're holding the Bills to three uh, field goals within the uh, the first three quarters, and yeah, even through the, even through the third quarter, it was it yeah, was it was still it was still, it was still 19, to nineteen to nothing. Which you lose by that, you know, you lost. So it's not embarrassing. It's just a loss from getting beat by a good team. But forty to nothing. You couldn't even get a garbage time field goal or touchdown. Mm-hmm. So there's really not much more I can harp on this game. I mean, there, there's absolutely nothing to talk about. That there's no takeaways from this game whatsoever. So the only takeaway, the only takeaway from this game is the defense definitely has a bend but don't break attitude. Right. Um, right which is something that's maddening at times because I will watch them drop in the zone. And if um, I'm not sure you saw the first half, right? So mm-hmm. the defense would just drop in the zone and the Buffalo receivers would just find that soft spot in the zone for eight yards, five yards, 15. And right. then the Texans would switch up and put on man. And then uh, one of the bills wide receiver would just blow past them for like a 22 yard game. It was it was, it's maddening to see a team just go down the field like that without much um, resistance. But when they got to the red zones, the Texans were able to tighten their belt and hold up. But this defense can only do so much. Right, and you're not gonna. I mean, that's just, that's that's the scary thing is that you're not gonna. That's they're not gonna be able to do that every game. They're not gonna be able to hold them at, at you know in the red zone for just a field goal, for just three field goals, you know. Yeah. And the, the, the time- way this offense is playing, mm-hmm. 40 to nothing could be just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. And, and look at time possession. The Texans held the ball for 21 minutes. The Buffalo Bills held it for 38 minutes. They nearly doubled their time of possession. Mm-hmm. That's why the defense just fell apart in the fourth quarter. They were gassed. Yeah. So I have a question. I don't know if you can look it up. I have I'm sure an, you can. I have an answer. As long as you accept that I don't know the answer, go ahead. Okay. Where Where is this team in terms of salary cap? Dude, I can look it up real quick. You give me a couple of minutes. Okay. But if I remember correctly, they're not – they really don't have that much salary okay. cap. Team salary cap. Let's look. It sounds about right, to be honest. Oh, this is. I'm not sure how this how this works. Now the salary cap track I'm looking on is on crack. (laughs) It says the um, the Los Angeles Chargers are too or. Two billion dollars over the salary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It shows they got a hundred and four players signed. I don't know what's going on, but this one is not where it's supposed to be. I'm on overthecap.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go there. Uh let's see. Team cap space still eight million, which my God, the players that we have on this roster, we're paying. 
the top 51 guys, 150 million combined. Oh yeah, the website I'm I'm looking on uh Sport Track, it is on crack. It's got Deshaun Watson's um salary on here four times. <laughs> <laughs> um th- this is just this is unbelievable. These numbers if if we're paying this many guys this much money and this is the results we're getting. Why is everybody's this is a super annoying. This site is completely fucked up. I hope the IT team sees this. But anyway, yeah, Deshaun Watson takes up a big cap hit, and so is Larry Mitton. So guys that you would pay um because they're superstars, you know, if one of them wasn't, you know, a investigation. Yeah, under tw- the weight of 22 lawsuits. Uh Whitley Whitney Merciless has been robbing. <laughs> the Texans blind for a couple of years. Uh, David Johnson, I think he took a he did take a little cut, but he whew, that trade, Deshaun Hopkins for David Johnson is going to go down as one of the worst trades in NFL history. And it is a that bunch, might be one of the worst trades in, in sports history. It's it's whew, especially that's with, up there with with the way the Cardinals are playing right now. They're four and zero and look like one of the best teams in football right now. And it's a lot of guys who've taken one-year deals for, you know, two to five million dollars. That trade is up there with Ruth to the Yankees and Bagwell to the Astros and uh, Emmett Smith to the Cowboys, (laughs) basically. Oh, I was going to say, who is his name? Herschel Walker to the uh, Vikings. Which turned into Emmett Smith. Yeah, which turned into Shit, the Cowboys dynasty of the 90s, for being yeah. honest. Um, yeah, they don't have any cap room this year. Uh, that's just amazing. But yeah, they're, that, they're in hell where they're not good, they don't have cap room, and they're not young. Right. I mean, I'm looking at this, and I'm like, is there any way we could clear up cap space? So this year, to just make the team somewhat competitive this year and go after Cam Newton for the rest of the year to go after Todd Gurley, who can't believe, I, you know, I was looking at these, the lists of free agents is still a free agent. But he because Todd Gurley is washed. And I, I keep telling people Cam Newton is not going to be in a roster as long as he refuses to get vaccinated. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's in right. fact, who was, who was on the Texans that was out for this game because of COVID-19 protocols? Um, name escapes me right now. I'm going to look it up. But he's like the leading tackler on the team right now. Jeez. Or he was before before, um, um, before yesterday's game or Sunday's game. Wow. But just anybody to to try and there you go, Zach Cunningham. He was out. Oh, okay. Because look, Mark Ingram is just not working. This just ain't happening. It's not happening because his offensive line is basura. It is terrible. 
that's why the running game sucks. That's why David Mills can barely get any time to throw a catchable ball. Mm-hmm. It's 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 just bad. So I'm looking at the the only I think the only lineman of the Texans that's above average right now is Laramie Tunsil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at these free agent uh, offensive linemen, offensive tackles, and guards. I mean, you know, these are guys that are veterans, have been around a while, that know how to play. Like, geez, I mean. Why not? I mean, if you could find a way to free up the money, why not go after Russell Okung and Mitchell Schwartz and these guys? I mean, my guess is if they thought these guys had anything left, they already be on the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but man, I, you know, just adding one of one or two of those guys and and Todd Gurley. I mean, unless at least I can't tell you, Todd Gurley is washed. You can smell the tie coming from him from here. He's only twenty seven. That's sad if if, <laughs> if you're right, but um, I mean, this is like th- I mean, there. I just don't see how this is going to be a competitive season at all. Like, how any of these games are going to be competitive going the rest of the way. And just two weeks ago, we we were thinking the opposite that, okay, this team might win some games. Uh, you know, we even, jo- you even joked at one point that they could win the division and just the way that the division, how bad the division is, but hey, they are one in th- what, one in three and in second place in the division. <laughs> Don't give up the dream. Okay. All right. But and also Todd Gurley has not played in two years. He's not played since. Oh, I'm sorry. 2020. Yeah. He played last year. Yeah, my bad. Sorry. But yeah, go sorry, AFC South. <laughs> Texas are one and three. And yeah, a game behind Tennessee, who sits at two and two. Mm-hmm. Thank God for Jacksonville sitting at right. four. But man, look at the way Jackson play, Jacksonville played on Thursday. And they they might be good enough to beat us later on in the season. Yeah. The only thing that's going to the only thing that's really going to derail them from possibly possibly beating the Texans is is the head coach himself. Oh, okay. You ready to go there? Might as well. All right. Cuz honestly there's really nothing there's not much more we can we can look forward to with the team with the Texans. They are playing New England in New England. That I mean, look. Uh, I'm not expecting I'm not expecting a shocker. I'm not expecting an upset here. Um, you just hope it's not 40 to nothing bad. Okay. Well, since we're there, let's talk about Herbert Meyer and um, the very bad, awful week that he had. <laughs> uh, so first off, they lost last week on Thursday Night Football against Cincinnati Bengals. In a close uh, game. Close game. That's bad enough. So the team heads home. He does not head home with the team. He uh, visits some family, has a good time with the grandkids, and then decides to head out to a bar and um, watch the game. Watch the game. Sure. Ohio State. (laughs) And while he's watching the game, some woman is grinding up on him. That is not his young, lovely wife. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And of course, like anything in this world that we live in now, it's recorded, put on the internet. And uh, yeah, Urban Meyer's hot water. He has to apologize to the Jags, his family. Um, I will. I would just love to see, like, because uh, while that was all happening on Twitter, like his wife has a Twitter account and she was like, oh, here I am. You know, I'm here with the, she posted a picture of the grandchildren. It's like, oh, I'm here with the grandkids. And, you know, my husband's out. He deserves a night out, you know, having fun. I was like, oh, lady, you don't, you just don't know how much fun he's having. (laughs) Unless she does, Mm. which is a whole other scenario. (laughs) That's a whole other story. Yeah. We're leaving that alone because we don't know people's um, personal lives. Arrangements and things of that nature. (laughs) We just know what we see on um, Twitter. On Twitter, yeah. (laughs) And not even that much. Uh, I got a thing about Twitter I can talk about later, but we'll do that some other time. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, he apologizes to the family, the Jags. Um, The cons come out and basically say like he has to rebuild trust in the team, which it's only been four weeks of the season. You already have to rebuild Rust. I mean, I think that's well, look, I mean, this guy has just been one PR nightmare after another since he signed mm-hmm. to be the head coach. Um, Trust, I don't know. I mean, that seems a little blown out of proportion. I mean, I think that's more of a – maybe that's more of a, a moral thing because, look, at the end of the day, my, the, the best way for me to, to sum all this up is Urban Meyer just has no business being a, a head football coach in the National Football League, period. He is – a college football coach at best, one of the best, and, and one of the best college football coaches at best. And uh, has the mentality has the mentality of just being a college football coach. NFL coaches are not hanging out at bars on Saturday night, even if even if they did have an extra days off. I don't see Bill Belichick doing that. I don't see well, Bill Bruce Arians is, doing that. Is a crazy man, but continue. Right. You know. Um, I don't even see those young coaches for uh, uh, Arizona and and the Rams. Those guys who should be out at bars mm-hmm. on, on Saturday night. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury and uh, the other guy. This guy, you know... This guy loves being in the college environment, and that's fine. But that just that kind of the way he goes about, the way he conducts himself, the way he uh, his attitude towards being a coach it, it's it's amateur hour. It's pure college, man. It's pure ego. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Like. When you're a college coach, you run everything. Even, you know, the AD barely has enough power to stop you if you win enough. Right. And you're, ta- you're um, basically control of children. Here, they're grown men 
that if you lose them, you can lose them forever. Mm-hmm. You don't have the power that you have in, in college. It's like he doesn't understand like he's dealing with grown men. I don't understand why that's such a big deal for college coaches. Like you realize that you're not dealing with this 19 year old kid from, you know, East Oklahoma who's never had more than 500 bucks in his pocket you're dealing with men who like who are finally making way more money than you are who are making these huge amount of money responsibilities they have all of the things to to deal with and you're just like this egotistical maniac thinking you can run their lives like fuck you dude like once you once you lose a locker room in the nfl um and with the nfl team you're out Mm -hmm. And all the re- reports coming out is like, um, Urban Meyer has no credibi- credibility with the team. Players are laughing and mocking him. And it's like, yeah, I understand. Like, we, at the beginning of the year, we talked about the um, in our overreaction part. We were like, oh, he's not going to make a, a year. And, uh, and so, um, something's going to happen. He's going to have, you know, he's going to have his little quote unquote health problems, have to step <laughs> down and everything. And we know, we talked about it and we were joking about it, but it seems like he's going to get fired or he's going to put out that statement like because of my actions, I need to go home, be a family man and take care about of my wife. So I have to step down from the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, thoughts and prayers for us in this difficult situation. And then two years from now, I'd be like, well, I'm ready to come back to coaching. Right. Who wants me in, in the Pac-12, ACC, who need, uh, SCC, who needs me? And my thing about the, the, the players, like these grown men, it's like they don't care what – I mean, ultimately, they don't care what this guy's doing on his off time. They don't care if he's, you know, doing the things that he's doing. I mean, they've got their own situations mm-hmm. that they're dealing with. And they've, you know, they have their own relationships and, and things like that. You know, they, they don't have time to worry about any of that. Yeah. The uh, most important so, thing for them is when you come through these doors, your focus is on football. Your right. focus on putting not only the team, but me, myself, the player in the mm-hmm. best position to win and maximize our talents. And it, yeah. seems, like, it seems like he doesn't know how to do that, doesn't care to do it. It's like this is my system, my way you're gonna fit in no matter what. And like we said, these are grown men. Yeah, and at the end of the day, who cares what he's doing? But that's right. No one cares. The problem is he's bringing that outside shit into the facility. Right. And once that starts spilling over, once the players are starting to get asked about the behavior of the coach, it's like, man. Uh, they, you know, honestly, they should just be like, I don't care what he's doing, but what's bothering me is that you're asking me about this. Mm-hmm. You're distracting me from the game that I'm supposed to be focusing on for Sunday. You know, who, who do we have? Who's, who's next up on, you know, who are we playing this Sunday? I don't care what this guy's doing, but what's, what's the distraction is the questions about it. Yeah. And who cares, you know, if he's, if it's hypocritical, you know, if he's telling his guys to do one thing, look, they're, you know, they're going to do it. Then I mean, they're going to do what they want ultimately. 
and they're pros. They know how to show up. They know how to, you know, get through it, have their fun or whatever, and mm-hmm. show up the next day for, for practice or the game or whatever. And this guy, you know, he doesn't have to carry that burden. He just has to show up and he just has to call the plays at the end of the day. Yeah, and it's, it's and somehow easier. that's more distracting to the team as a whole because he's the head guy. Yeah, and the last thing I'll say, it's easier for me to believe in your game plan when I believe in you. Right. So how can I believe that you know what's best for the team if you don't even know what's best for you and your marriage? Mm-hmm. Or you're out here acting a fool and putting the spotlight on us for things outside of football. Like, I don't remember what number you gave for that overreaction. But I feel like we need to bump it up to a nine or a 10. I seriously don't think he comes back next year, whether it's his choice or the cons. I don't think he's going to be the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2022. Yeah. Well, I think the original overreaction was that he wasn't going to make it through this season. Yeah. And I thought, well, at least he'll get through this. I think he'll get through the season, but. Okay. Yeah. I agree with that. I think he'll, he'll get through this season, but then he's going to be shuffled off. Yeah. There's no way he's, he's stepping foot on, Mm -hmm. on that feel or you know in that locker room next season all right so speaking of which are you ready to go to the theaters put on your top hat your (laughs) monaco good sir your your fine press suit so this week i only have one overreaction um I'm still kind of upset because last week I had a few and we just didn't have the time to get to them all. And then one of them stopped being an overreaction. The overreaction I had last week was Ben Roethlisberger's wash. And then he played like dog shit again. And it's like, okay, this isn't an overreaction. Everyone on Twitter sees what I see. This isn't fun anymore. Yeah. So this week's overreaction comes courtesy of. Sorry, one second. Okay. Seth, uh, Seth Wickersham's new book about uh, Tom Brady and the New England Patriots title, It's Better to Be Feared. So apparently, after. Um, Tom Brady made the decision to leave New England back in February 2020. The first team that came to his mind was not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It was the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. He even reached out to Wes Welker, who had just finished his first season as a receiver coach for the 49ers and made it clear he would sign immediately if they had any interest in him. Because, as we know, Tom Brady grew up in the Bay Area. He's a huge – he was a huge 49ers fan. And, like, we're looking at this. He was at the uh, Candlestick Park when the catch happened. Mm-hmm. And he was also there for Joe Montana's final game with the Niners in 92. So, 
I know what you're thinking. It's like, well, is a hall of uh, surefire Hall of Fame quarterback wants to go to one of the most decorated franchises in the NFL? Why didn't happen? Because Kyle Shanahan didn't believe it was worth replacing Jimmy Garoppolo. And he wanted, he, uh, yeah, he didn't want to attempt a Belichick or he wanted to not do a Belichick. Now, this is the season that Garoppolo was coming off the Super Bowl appearance. So, you know, when I say bad, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. You got a young guy coming off the Super Bowl um, show. However, if you remember that Super Bowl, you remember watching that Super Bowl, Jimmy Garoppolo was not good in that Super Bowl. No. Jimmy Garoppolo is injury prone. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo has never taken the leap that he was supposed to take under Kyle Shanahan. He's always he's a good quarterback, but he's not a great one. He's not the superstar. We had what well, was it last week we were talking about um uh, what's the name? Quarterback for the Browns. Uh, Jalen Hurts? No, no, no not no. Jalen Hurts. Mayfield. And we went through like the the top 10 quarterbacks. We were trying to pick where we try to decide where we would pick him. Did Jimmy Garoppolo's name come up? It did not. It did not. That's correct. So, no, he's not a top 10, not top 15 quarterback. So, he's not one of the up there in the echelon quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And you had the opportunity to get Tom Brady, even uh, what's what I'm looking for? Not minuscule, but a diminished Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. And turned him down because you believed in Jimmy Garoppolo. A man, a man you believed in so much that you drafted Trey Lance in the first round of the 2021 draft, number three overall pick. The difference and, a year makes. Yeah. So my overreaction is Kyle Shanahan is tricking y'all. That's the overreaction. Kyle Shanahan has one Super Bowl appearance, and that's it. He's been tricky. He can't make a Super Bowl quarterback uh, out of Jimmy Garoppolo. He can't evaluate talent because had he got Tom Brady, you know who comes along with Tom Brady? Gronk. And no else comes? Antonio. Yep. As long as Antonio stays out of trouble. That is a Super Bowl-worthy offense. We saw it last year. And he would still, he would be Inherit the current tight end, George Kittle. George Kittle, Gronk, and Tom Brady. That sounds like a winner to me. And you had a guy who wanted to go to your team. And sure, you say he's diminished. He's not as good as he once was. But he is better than Jimmy Garoppolo has ever been. Mm -hmm. And... You, they paid Jimmy Garoppolo all that money after trade him. They gave him a five-year, $137.5 million contract just to end up drafting his replacement in his year 30 season. 30 is not that <laughs> old for quarterbacks anymore. We've seen it with Brady, no. uh, Breeze, um, Manning, like 30. 
Yeah, Philip Rivers, 30, 30 years old. You still got now with the new passing rules in effect, you probably got another five to six years of prime um passing. Jimmy G. Potentially prime Jimmy G. But there is no prime Jimmy G because he's not that good. Mm-hmm. They should have just went with Tom Brady. At the very least, they could have made a run at the NFC Championship game. Especially with the defense that they have. But instead, they're paying, they got two quarterbacks, which essentially means they have none. A team who is currently, what are they in their division? Standings. They're last in their division, two and two, but still last in the division. Competitive division. Yeah, competitive division. But you know what would help them get over the hump in that division? What would help them get over the hump? Having a Hall of Fame quarterback <laughs> at the helm. I thought you were going to explode a little more. No. I'm, Tom Brady. Tom freaking Brady. Go Tom Brady. But I'm, I'm be calm. Yeah. So that's the overreaction. Kyle Shanahan has been tricking people and he's been doing it since he was the offensive coordinator for the Washington professional football team. Okay. Okay. And uh, let's not forget he's cost teams two Super Bowls, the Super Bowl I just spoke of with the uh, San Francisco 49ers and the Super Bowl with Atlanta when they were up 28 to three, he was the offensive coordinator for oh, the Atlanta right. Falcons. <laughs> when the Patriots came back and won that game because his stupid ass refused to run the ball in the fourth quarter. For some inane That's reason, right. they kept throwing the ball and they would go incomplete and stop the clock. We gave time for the Patriots to make that comeback. He is not the genius that he betrays himself out to be. Making some good points, man. For this, I'll go a seven. Seven? All right, you know, I'll take yeah, it. Yeah, because I I didn't really think about I was not expecting this one at all. This really came out of nowhere. But um, but I think it's still fair enough. I think it's uh, you've made some good points. Tricking you. All right, man. Seven, I'll take it. If you ever give me like a five or below, I need I know I need to go back in the lab and start tweaking some things. <laughs> that's why that's why I know things are going terribly wrong. Really? All right. So let's wrap up today's podcast with our games of the week. Okay. And I will let you go first this week, my friend. Go ahead. This is gonna be a total surprise. Mm-hmm. I haven't even looked at the rest of the schedule. <laughs> but there was one game that caught my eye. And uh, I'm going to go with the Sunday morning game from London, England, Jets and Falcons. Both are one in three teams. Uh, Both don't have much going for them, but it's in London. You know, it's a weird time for everybody. Um, It's an early morning game for me, so that's cool. I'm looking forward to getting up, trying to get up early. Oh, wait, nope. I don't think it's going to be on cable, so maybe not. But um, NFL Network. Oh, okay, that thing I can watch it. Uh, but um, 
don't know. The, you know, those those London games seem to kind of be, you know, fun and competitive, and uh, the fans are certainly into it because you know they get to see an NFL team and they get to see two NFL teams. Um, yeah. One and a half yeah. with this matchup. What the right. what is wrong with is this just because you can wake up and roll out of bed and there's football on? All no, football no. is not good football, man. I understand that. I understand that. But uh, honestly, there's nothing else that excites me. The Thursday night game looks like it's gonna be good. Uh, but I thought maybe you would you would take that one. Uh but all the other games seem kind of one sided. I mean, there's Cleveland at Los Angeles. Yeah, that's that's another one that could be competitive. Um, and maybe the Giants at Cowboys. The Giants finally won their first game of the season last week. It's a, it's a division game. You know, there's, there's always going to be some, you know, it's always, you know, everybody amps up a bit for, for this game, for those division games. Um 49ers at Cardinals could be good, but maybe not if Kyle Shanahan really is that much of a fraud. He's a fraud. He's a fake as a $3 bill. I'm holding on to that one. <laughs> I believe in that one. That's that's under the uh, overreaction theater banner, but I believe in that one with my whole heart. <laughs> Man, I um, Yeah. You picked the Jets and the Falcons. That's just like us getting revenge I- for Brexit. That's what that is. That is I'm, pick, I'm also picking it with my fingers crossed that it will be a, an interesting game. It could be very boring, but it's London. It's, you know. Interesting doesn't mean good. This could be a game where, like, like it's a defensive struggle. No, it's not. It's too shitty offensive. You can't move the ball. <laughs> or it, it, you know what? That game, I'm predicting Atlanta blowout. Atlanta blowout. Okay. Yeah. I can't name New York's quarterback. You paid me right now. I have no idea. Yeah, Zach Wilson, I believe. It. I'm taking your word for it. I'm going to look yeah. it up. All right, so uh, by pick, I'm going to just stay with the interdivision game. Um, Los Angeles Rams versus Seattle Seahawks Thursday night football. Um, God, man. This is a – I'm not saying wonky. It's a bad schedule, man. Yeah. Cause that might be the best game of the week on Thursday. Because all these games look, like I said, look pretty one-sided, mm-hmm. with the exception of maybe 49ers at Cardinals and Bills at Chiefs. But the Ravens, by all accounts, should beat the Colts. Yeah, that's Cowboys should beat the Giants. Chargers and Brown, Chargers and Browns will be good. You know what? You could the other game that looks good on here. I'm sorry, is the Sunday night game Buffalo versus Kansas City. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, Kansas City is two and two, which I don't think anybody expected. Um, you know, but it is still Patrick Mahomes, so you always have a chance to make it a good game. Patrick Mahomes, Jared Allen, two high powered offenses playing at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that mm, that probably my second favorite. I'm going with the Rams and the Seahawks. Sure. So basically, people this weekend watch the Thursday night game, which would be tonight when this comes out, the okay. uh, Sunday night game, and then if you have loved ones that you've been ignoring for a while, 
how about you uh, take them out this Sunday? Go get some brunch. <laughs> brunch. <laughs> Sounds good. Show them how much you love them, how much they mean to you. What else and are you going to do? Watch the Broncos and Steelers? <laughs> show them that uh, you don't take them for granted, even though you totally do every NFL season. <laughs> get up, watch the Jets and Falcons no, from no, London. No, and no, then, no, no. Love yourself. Love yourself more than that. You the go out there. The you go to Shoney's. You go to IHOP, Denny's, whatever. You go somewhere. You love yourself, love your family, and do not subjugate yourself to watching the Jets and the Falcons in Great Britain at 8.30 in the morning. That's just going to ruin your, your entire day. Don't do that to yourself. Love yourself. Scrounge up the, some money. Look at your woman. Look at your man. Look at your kids and say, you know what? I'm going to treat you good today. I'm going to treat Man. all y'all good and get in the car and go get something to eat and have a great family outing until seven o'clock. <laughs> Come home. Yeah. Make a day of it until seven. You'll be sick of them before then, but try to just go until seven. Then come home and watch the bills. Kansas city, have a nice little dinner. Do not roll over at eight o'clock. Nine o'clock in the morning, and turn on the goddamn Jets and Falcons. <laughs> Your significant other will divorce you and will win in court. <laughs> I'm warning you right now. Anthony is leading you down a path of ruin, damnation, and alimony. Do you want that? No, you don't. And I never looked at it that way. I, I don't. <laughs> I'd rather not that not happen to any of our listeners out there. Last two years, 2020 and 2021 have been hard as hell on people. Here you are leading them to divorce court. You should be ashamed of yourself. If anything, listen to DQ and go to Shoney's. Mm-hmm. I've been, man, you mentioned that. I've not been there in maybe 25 years. When I was younger, after church, the entire family would go to Shoney's, the one over here that was over here mm-hmm. off of 610 and Kirby over here where Stadium is. It's yep. no longer here. It's a um, Timmy Chan's now. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely liked Shoney's back mm-hmm. in the day. Yeah, I'm not even sure they're in Texas anymore. But I saw one. There, There is one. I think it's off of uh, 40, going 45 north, I think. If you can't make it out, DoorDash your food in, tip your driver well, put in like Hocus Pocus or some other Halloween movie, snuggle up with a blanket, your loved ones, your pets, and save yourself the heartache and the embarrassment of watching these sorry teams on Sunday. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, there's one going out towards – it's in between Jacinto City and Galena Park. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, screw that. I might just make French toast. and Can't go wrong with that either. Live it up here. All right, man, we are done. Anything else you have to say? 
That's it. Okay. So we will be back on um, Monday, have a regular scheduled Monday podcast talking about... I don't know. Do you want to talk baseball or do you want to get nerdy with it? Division series, I guess. It should. Hopefully it'll be over. You're, we're hoping it'll be. A, oh, well, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll figure it out. The Astros, the division series won't be over. Now, I'm thinking we might have to you know, turn up the nerdage. We've not talked about Marvel or comic books or DC on here in a long time, so we might have to get back on that. That sounds good. Get back on a nerd kick. That'll work. All right, man. Uh, let's get out of here. I'm going to go take a shower. Let's... Anthony, as always, a pleasure speaking to you. You as well. And uh, thanks for listening, to everybody. For Anthony, I'm De Quincy. Later, babies. <laughs>